Hello and welcome to the Yo Dude podcast. My name is Patrick and today I'm joined by one of the greatest people you'll ever met. He is my best friend for 10 years going strong and he is a masterful photographer. Please welcome Lachlan Valentine. Lachlan, how are you today? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Uh, it's a bit chilly, but I'll get over it. Um, we'll live. We'll live. We'll live. That's exactly right. So, for everyone that doesn't know at home or that are listening in right now, do you want to just give a quick prompt on who you are? Okay, so, like, just, just in terms of, like, what I do. Who you are, what you do, how you do it. Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm Lachlan, and I'm, I guess you call it an amateur photographer, a hobbyist photographer at this point. Uh, pretty much just... Yeah, I just I take I take photos pretty much. I mean, you take good photos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I didn't take good photos, I wouldn't be doing what I'm still doing. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's as best as a description. But you have done lots of uh, competitions and whatnot, haven't you? I mean, I've done a few. I am. I wouldn't say I've done a lot of competitions, but I've I've I've, I've entered photos here and there. Yeah. Well, so now we know who you are and what you do, uh, what sort of prompted you to get into it? So, as far as I can remember, it would have been about oh, eight, I reckon eight, nine years ago, we were on a family trip to uh, to New Zealand, and I kind of just remember we had a digital camera with us there, and I was just like, I, I kind of commandeered the camera during the road trip parts of the, of the holiday, and just took photos of the New Zealand landscape and all that sort of stuff. And then I remember in high school we had to um had to do an assignment in English class on something that we enjoyed something yeah basically something about us that we enjoyed because you were in the class as well I remember you did our video games and yeah. I like you did like 20 30 minutes on like Nintendo and stuff and um I basically chose photography because I'm like I'm not too sure what I have going on for myself at the age of like 13 or 14 so. I'm going to pick photography and it kind of just snowballed from there and like, hey, I actually kind of enjoy talking about that and showing off things I've taken. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, there you go. I think I remember that class because they told me I had to get off the... Um, hey, dude, the they're, you're like, they're like, yeah, you, you ran overtime by like 10 or 15 minutes and like, yeah, okay, wrap it up. Yeah, I had like, I had like an hour's worth of content, so dedication. You could have gone for the whole day, I reckon. Could have given a lesson if I wanted to. <laughs> oh my god, a whole curriculum, yeah. <laughs> so with uh, with that sort of being your inspiration or source of inspiration for uh, getting into it, uh, would you say you've got uh, a big break or some sort of big break out of it yet, or something that sort of sparked your thought process to go, hey, like I'm actually really good at this, you know? I'm like I'm really happy like with how I'm going with it all. I mean, when I get my big break, you'll be the first to know, don't worry, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a, I'm now no. famous kind of thing. It's like a, yeah. it can be like a while I'm being recognized kind of thing. I think the first thing that comes to mind in that sort of context is, yeah, like I said, I haven't had a big break yet. I'm still working towards that, but um, so I used to, I mean, still do occasionally. I used to enter photos into a local end of year show uh, over in Lilydale. And the first year I entered, didn't get anything out of it. I think the second year I entered, I got like a, a commended, so like 
I'm like, hey, this this photo is kind of good. We didn't like it the most, but we didn't hate it either, sort of thing. And then the third year I entered, so I always used to enter in the youth category because obviously at the time of entering these competitions, I was like 14, 15, 16, sort of thing. So I couldn't, I mean, I could enter the other categories, but this one was more designed for, you know, um, novice photographers and all that sort of stuff. And I've walked into the um, into the display hall, and over in the youth section, dead center of the youth hall, is my one of my photos with first place, and this big ass ribbon on it. And I'm like, oh shit, that's me. I did that. I won. I won yeah. this category. And that was kind of where I was like, pretty, pretty. I did exactly. I did the thing. So I would say that was probably my first real moment of hey, something I've done's been recognised for being good. And like I look back on I look back on now and the photo I've got compared to this sort of stuff I shoot now like and the technique that goes into that I look back at this photo and I'm like that photo wouldn't win a prize today in any category but like given what it was up against at the time and the fact that they've got to, the judges had to remember the fact that like it's being submitted by someone under the age of 18 who's maybe only picked up a camera two or three times in their life to them it was like he shows knowledge of what he's doing he's got good editing techniques he's got good photographing techniques uh the printing's not half bad either and i would say that probably helped prompt me to following it more and more just because of the fact that a group of people i've literally never met were like he's not half bad yeah well i guess in a sense it's the small sort of break you know and it's not a big break but it's a small one no it's, it's but it's like the little spark that kind of helped ignite it even further yeah, I think that's still something to be commended for. Oh, very much. I've still got the ribbon tucked away somewhere. <laughs> Should frame it. Put it up and frame it. <laughs> I mean, I've got the space. I absolutely will. Yeah. Um. So, I guess now, I mean, you're not 100% in the industry, I suppose, but uh, like you said, it's a very much still a hobby uh, level sort of thing, but uh, hopefully as things start to pick up, you will pick up some uh, work. Maybe well, you will be picking up some work from me, but there will be other opportunities that uh, arise, I'm sure. Uh, what would what would so, you yeah. say is the uh, your favourite thing about photography, whether as a hobbyist nature or, you know, turning it into a career path? God, um, first thing that comes to mind, probably creative control of a situation I suppose like um obviously in any creative medium you get to control what's happening you get to control what you're making how it's being produced who gets to consume it um who's involved in the process that sort of thing and obviously across each medium uh those sort of things change photography is one of those um mediums and fields where there's a lot of um human involvement and like volunteer participation crews working that sort of thing like whether it's a massive scale shoot uh like uh like a gregory crudson sort of picture where you've got like a crew of 50 working on this massive photo or just like two people shooting a portrait in a bedroom there's always going to be unless it's a self-portrait more than one person involved in a shoot which kind of i think appeals to me very heavily in that it's like through that you, you can meet lots of interesting people, you can make new connections, new friends, um, you can come up with ideas you wouldn't have even considered in the first place and kind of like start with one idea and end with another because that evolves over the span of a few days or a few weeks because you've got all these different minds working on it and someone's like, hey, instead of doing this, why don't you do that? And then you try it and it works and it just like, it kind of just keeps mutating and growing as you go. 
So I think that would probably be one of, um, I'm, through all this I've actually kind of completely forgotten the question, but yeah, that's kind of. Um, <laughs> no worry, it happens <laughs> yeah. to everyone. Everyone's like, what's the question again? Um, but the question was, what uh, was your favorite thing about your career? But I think you've summed it up as the creative control and the uh, creative uh, networking that you get from uh, doing control. Control and network would definitely be one of the biggest appeals, I think. Absolutely, 100%. And I, I think it does show because you do have uh, a few connections uh, all over sort of Melbourne that you can sort of collaborate with and, and work with. Uh, I think what comes to mind is uh, the film store, Film Never Die. I mean, you seem to be uh, on their page or whether it's a post of your own that you've submitted or maybe it's an interaction with them, but you seem to be in high spirits with them. I mean, well, film photography in that sense uh, absolutely shines because it's tip. Because yeah, you'll have a lab, you'll have a store, and they'll usually have a little community surrounding it. Whether it's people who like a close ring of friends and family of people who work at the store, or just like yeah, like friends and people who work at the store, and that kind of expands outwards a bit. A lot of labs will typically have a very dedicated um, consumer base. Like yeah, you've got film never die. Uh, just off Spencer Street in Melbourne. You've got a bunch of other places. You've got like, Work in Progress, which is up in Northcote, I believe. Um, Ikigai Photos out in um, like Williamstown. Like everywhere you go, you're gonna have a lab, and there's gonna be a very niche band of people who work there. Like if you go and look at Film Never Dies Instagram story, uh, occasionally they'll post a bunch of photos that have been submitted under their tag. And if you look at that over the span of a couple weeks, you'll see repeat names of accounts because they're people who are always submitting stuff to this tag who are always w working with that store like getting photos developed and scanned there um buying from that store to keep it going especially given um 2020 as a whole like supporting the small business is really important and film labs have been a really way good way to do that like film is expensive um but people who are into film typically won't mind that too much they'll pay a little bit extra if it means they can be loyal to one location so like yeah yeah, film, film is film, film photography almost kind of feels like a little family of sorts. There's cliches that definitely is to say, it holds some truth. Oh, it really no, does. 100%. I do agree. I do agree that there is a, a very community-driven uh, sort of aspect of it, um, especially uh, you know that time we went into the city and <laughs> you know that guy came up and took a picture of me and ran off, and I thought. He's heading in the direction of film never die, and you're like, yeah. Right. I, 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 yeah, there. I forgot about that. We're sitting. At, that's right. We're sitting outside Southern Cross, and you've spotted this guy take a photo of you and just kind of bugger off real quick, as film photographers tend to do when they're shooting people on the street. Is they'll line up a photo, <laughs> take it, and keep going because uh, like they don't want to draw too much attention to themselves because some people don't aren't too comfortable having their photos taken. So as much as they shouldn't do it, a lot of film photographers will kind of just snap a photo and bolt on it, which I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've definitely done that um, to people, <laughs> both, both here and when I was in America, I definitely did it a few times, but you know, what have you. Um, but yeah, I remember the whole thing, you were like, oh my God, he's going, you're like, Lachlan, isn't that the direction the film never dies? And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. And it's like, keep an eye out for me in case he posts that photo on Instagram somewhere. I, I don't think anything ever came of it, but it was just like, it was just a quick little interaction like between you and him and then like a bigger one between you and me talking about how it could end up on Instagram somewhere. 
Yeah, I was just so taken back at like at one half I was like, oh, he just took a photo of me, how nice. And then on the other half I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like it, it, can, it can definitely, um, definitely catch you off guard if it happens. And it really depends on the person you take a photo of. Like I said, a lot of people will take a photo of someone and try and be subtle and fast about it because sometimes you'll get a bad interaction. Like, um, there was one time on one of the photo walks, so Phil never died. Uh, when society returns to normal, uh, we'll do like monthly photo walks where everyone gets together. Um, the owner kind of takes us on a route somewhere through the city or in the suburbs. Everyone takes photos, uh, has a good time, and at, at the end of it, we go and get drunk, sort of thing. It's a great time, great time. Um, and we had one where me and a couple of the others uh, split off from the main group uh, to head back to Film Never Die. We took a different route back, and we've snapped a photo of an intersection. So like pretty inconspicuous pretty pretty normal it's an intersection in melbourne it's not the most groundbreaking photo that's okay and there was a guy sitting on the other side of the street and i've tried to make sure i framed him out of the shot because i didn't want him in the shot and then we've crossed the street and he's come up to me and the two guys i'm with and he's like i'm not in your photos am i and we're all kind of like no not really he's like okay because i'm gonna copyright my name and my appearance and if i'm in the photos you have to pay me royalties and we're kind of like okay yeah no worries mate if 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 you a random person I've never met happens to be in the photos and you manage to copyright your appearance, sure, we'll give you money for it. Have a good day. And he's kind of walked off and we're sitting there just trying to compose ourselves for a few minutes because it's like the stupidest little thing. Like this is a complete like not to sound mean, but a complete random nobody. I don't know the guy's name. He he didn't even give us a name or anything. He just came up to him and was like, if I'm in your photos, you owe me royalties, and then bug it off on us. And it's this. It was just so odd because, like, we're just amateur photographers. I think between the three of us, we maybe have less than like, I don't know about the third guy, but between two of us, we have maybe less than a thousand Instagram followers. Which in photography um, circles, like, it kind of varies, but it's not a ho- it's not a massive amount. Like, we're not going to be making money off of this photo. We're just taking it because we like how it looks. If you happen to be in it, then. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give you any of my money, okay? Just, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you get a lot of inter- interesting interactions when you photograph out in the street, whether it's, like, a friendly conversation, someone who wants their photo taken, or you take a photo of someone and show it to them, or I tell them, like, you don't show it to them, it's film, you can't do that. Um, you know, you say, hey, is it all right if I take a photo of you, and they're chill with it? Like, every interaction will be different. Like, they'll follow... A trend but then of course they'll kind of all be different in a little way and that mostly comes down to how the person responds to being photographed and this guy clearly uh, wasn't too pleased with it and very much wanted to I guess in a sense threaten us into copyright it sounds like so funny trying to wrangle money from people that barely have money as is <laughs> exactly i'm like i'm paying however much to have this roll of film like to buy the roll of film and then to have it developed and scanned and in the end that'll cost me uh like depending on the film under 30 dollars. there is no way in hell you're getting money from me for a photo of you that i don't even like my guy so just <laughs> calm down and just walk back to wherever you came from because i'm done with you <laughs> So obviously, uh, as you said, you do get from time to time the bad, uh, you know, bad interactions, and you also get the um, good interactions. I guess what I want to know is, um, despite all that, what sort of keeps you motivated to work hard, to keep producing the film, to keep going back, getting it developed? You know, what, what's the sort of motivation behind it? Um, I guess. So do you mean like in a sense of why I personally do it? 
Yeah, what's your personal motivation to work hard? Um, at a at a honest general level, I enjoy it. It's fun. There's there's like it's like anything. There's a, there's a sense there's a sense of nostalgia to it. First of all, despite the fact that it's a nostalgia I never personally experienced. But um, compared to like digital photography, there's you've got this mechanical camera or mostly mechanical camera. You put a bit of film in it. Uh, you got to wind it through. Um, there's a lot more understanding of fundamentals required like even though a lot of cameras will have a built-in light meter and stuff uh you're still going to have to manually focus the camera you've got to understand w like what the camera is reading in terms of the light uh positioning the photo all that sort of stuff taking it uh there's a lot more error involved which might sound like a weird reason to enjoy something but the fact of the matter is if there's more error and effort involved in creating something the end result is a lot more satisfying. Even if, like, say you take 36 photos on a roll of film and they all come back pretty mediocre and there's maybe one you like, there's one that's one photo in there that you've succeeded on which makes it all worth it. So, um, I'd say it's it's the create it's the level of creativity and effort behind it, uh, having to understand what you're kind of doing, and on like a very like on a kind of individual personal level, there's something really satisfying about going to a store and just buying boxes of film. It satisfies a part of my brain, and I don't know why. <laughs> so it's just more the enjoyment is what motivates you to like work hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much like yeah, the enjoyment of like having an idea for photos or seeing things I like, like dropping off a roll of film and being like, I can't wait to see how this turned out. Because if you take a photo, you can, like digital, you can take like 500, 1000 photos in a shoot, that's easy. You then sort through it, find the ones you like, cut, print, that's a day. Film, you can shoot off four rolls of film, which would be depending on what kind of film you're using. Uh, so let's say 35 mil film, that's a little over 100, that'd be over 130 photos if I've done my math right, which I think I have. Um, you can get maybe back from that eight photos that are actually good. The others you write off, either you don't, like, you don't like them, uh, something happened during the developing or shooting process and there was like a light leak or a smudging error or something and the photo's ruined, uh, it's out of focus, uh, there's elements on the lens because you've got to clean it, or you just shot on the wrong settings, which happens more than people would care to admit. Um, the important thing is you've got eight photos in there that you really like. like you. Because like you'll have a photo that you've lined up and taken, you're like, oh man, I'm really excited for this photo. I hope it turns out good. And then you get it back, and it's exactly how you pictured it, and it's just a really satisfying feeling. You're like, yes, I did so well here. And then you post it on Instagram, and maybe 20 people see it. <laughs> but like uh... that's 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 all part of the thing. Is like it's like the enjoyment. Like it's there's all that process in between taking the photo and posting the finished result and that's what makes it fun and enjoyable and that's why that's part of the reason i do it yeah so rather than for sort of the uh the clout it's more for your own enjoyment i think that's a good oh, reason there, yeah, to be motivated. yeah absolutely no way in hell is it for the clout i don't have clout i'd like to believe i do but i don't have clout i just <laughs> do it because like posting on instagram it gives me some it gives me another reason to create stuff because i get to share it with people both like friends family absolute strangers sort of thing like i've like i've got some good friends on instagram that i've met through just like liking their stuff going on photo walks with them sort of thing uh and the other part of the reason is instagram is um well i wouldn't use instagram as a final portfolio if i was applying for a job anywhere like no chance in hell would you do that um it's good for categorizing well not categorizing but 
photos that you like, you'll typically post to Instagram. Photos you don't like, you usually won't. So Instagram will usually be a summary of the work you've made that you're most satisfied with. And then like say you wanna apply for a job somewhere or you wanna have a store or something, it's a social media presence. It helps, it shows that like you're active in social media, which is very important in the 21st century. Um, it shows an understanding of how it works, like social media, how it works sort of thing. And like, again, it shows that you kind of, you have passion. It shows that you have passion. If you're taking photos and doing nothing with them, I mean, yes, people do that. You can do it for yourself. It's absolutely fine. But it's not going to show other people how good of a photographer you are or how much you enjoy doing something. It almost might appear like you don't have passion in what you do. And when you start off, that's absolutely a thing that happens. Like I had an Instagram for two years before I actually started using it because I was afraid to upload to it. And now I'm at a point where I haven't uploaded in a few months because I haven't taken a lot of photos and I'm itching to put stuff on there because I'm like, I want to show off what I've done for myself and for other people. And I like kind of miss having things to put on there at the moment. Yeah, I guess it's one of those difficulties at the moment, but uh, hopefully soon yeah. you'll be at. Well, I believe you can go out and do some more outside photography now. I can, I can pretty much I can go as far as Q, and that's basically it at the moment. Uh, it's better than nothing. <laughs> that is true. Maybe maybe I should have a day trip out to Q and do some street photography out there. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'll find something that I didn't think I'd find out there. You never know. You never know. I mean, the amount of times we've gone on walks and just found random tidbits in the city or wherever. I mean, I mean in the city right. especially, like, you're like, you tend to find more interesting thing, like, more interesting things when you're not looking for them. Like, yeah. especially with photography, like, I've, I've had days where I go into the city with, like, one or two cameras, like a digital and a film camera, and I come home having done nothing because, like, nothing has taken my interest, I was feeling uninspired, that sort of thing. Like, I've actually found I take more photos when I'm not looking to, like, in terms of, like, um, just, like, candid and street photography and stuff. I tend to take more photos when I'm not planning on it than when I do plan for it. There you go. I guess the next thing I uh, sort of want to ask then uh, is, do you have any complaints about your, your, your job or your hobby? About, I mean, uh, photography in I'm, general, not, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna complain about my job in here. I work in a bottle shop. That's not related to this podcast. I'm not talking. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. But if you wanted to um, <laughs> put your photography into a career, you know, is there some sort of thing that you really dislike about it? That's something you know that's like a nitpick that you have about it. Hard to say because I haven't really had much of a foothold in the industry at any point. Like I've, I. I've been told what to expect. I've been, like, I I know people who do work in that industry. Something I have heard from pretty much everyone ever, and something I've been led to believe despite not seeing it firsthand, is uh, the photography industry is very cutthroat, and unless you're shooting architecture, commercial, fashion, that sort of thing, you probably won't make it because, like, a lot of photography, like, hobby photography, there's no market for that. Like freelance, yes. Like you can turn your hobby photography into freelance and make some money out of that. But like, if you're doing photography as a job, um, like unless you absolutely love shooting whatever you're shooting in that job. So say 
you love shooting people and fashion and stuff well hey a job like let's say an extreme example a job at vogue is going to be perfect for you you're going to love it but um a lot of the time if you want to do photography as a job um you're going to be kind of bottlenecked into shooting a sort of specific thing now i could be very wrong on this because like i said i don't have any um industry experience in this area but yeah hobby photography shooting what you like just wandering around for camera seeing something that spikes your interest and in taking a photo of it very rarely is that going to land you a job it shows you have experience but it's not going to be content that you can shoot for a livable wage you might be able to make money off of it through zines uh, exhibition competition uh, that sort of thing but in terms of a commercial job you're probably not going to find a lot through just hobby photography in that sort of thing would definitely be better kept uh, for like, I mean, maybe private business and definitely exhibition and competition and stuff. But yeah, you're not going to get to like a commercial high level and be shooting just like random streets and stuff. I mean, maybe unless you work for Lonely Planet, then you might get to travel and shoot streets and buildings and hey, look at that. You've beaten the system. Good job. But um, <laughs> even then you're probably not going to be getting too much of a like a highly livable wage out of like hobby photography in any any degree oh, that's fair enough i guess that's uh that's an understandable complaint to it but hey like you said you enjoy it mostly for the satisfaction of yourself and you know you can't put a price on that really so i think it's uh Sort of a good I mean, gift. Uh, at about seventeen dollars per roll of film, you absolutely can put a price on it. <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean. You know, you no, know, yeah, I, I, I get you. I get, yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, I guess uh, going from the negatives to the positives now. Um, is there a particular piece of work that you're happy with, or do you think you've not found it yet, or is there one that you would call your proudest accomplishment? Oh, um. There's definitely, definitely like a lot of photos that I've taken and I'm more proud of them than I thought I would be after I've put them up somewhere and seen really positive interaction. I, I know I said I don't really do it for other people and don't do it for clout or all that sort of stuff, but it does feel nice getting a lot of attention on a photograph sort of thing. Um, in terms of like all the one, I if I had to think about it, all the ones that, that I've done that I really like surprisingly were all done um with a prompt in mind like i am um, a requirement because they're all they're all uni pieces like i have a lot of street photos i've done around melbourne and such that i really like and there's i mean there's one photo i took when i was over in america a couple of years ago that stands out as an absolute favorite of mine but um no in terms of a lot of the photography that i've done that i absolutely love of mine it <laughs> uh, almost in a narcissistic manner is self-portraits um i like before i started my um my bachelor back at this like early 2020 i hadn't really touched on self-portrait i didn't really know how i didn't really have much of an interest in it um and then i had to do some self-portraits i think actually sorry it was late 2019 i did the first bunches of self-portraits um and one of the requirements was we had to take a self-portrait but make it uh quote unquote different so not just a standard self-portrait like it's not going to be like a driver's license photo passport photo mug shot that sort of thing you got to take a self-portrait and you've got to make it stand out in a not an over-the-top way so like it's got to be just a subtle sort of thing to make it i guess i'd use the word almost 
quirky, maybe? I think that's a good way to describe it. And basically what I did for those ones was I just, like, physically manipulated my face with my hands and stuff, like uh, grabbing mouth, pulling eyelids, that sort of thing, to make my face look in, like, a toned-down sense grotesque. Like, not, like, grotesque, grotesque, but, like, it's obviously... That I, like, it's obviously like I've got my eye open, I've got fingers in my mouth, that sort of thing. And I took a bunch of those, black and white, because it's got to be black and white. And um, kind of just, I had, I think it was like, it was two sets of lights. And it was designed to be really intense, so there was lots of harsh shadows on them. And I posted one of those after I submitted it for my uni time. Because it got, and first off, my lecturer really, really liked it. Like, I had to do a set of three, and he really liked one of them. Uh, so I posted that one on Instagram, and it got it got some really positive results. And then it kind of um, kind of grew from there in terms of enjoying self portraits. But I think also uh, the pandemic helped with that in that with self portraits, I could submit an assignment without having to try and use anyone else. Like I, like I was the photographer, I was the model, I was the tech, all that sort of stuff. I had full control over the situation. Not entirely because I wanted it, but because I didn't have a choice. Um, so, like, as a result of that, I posted... I took more self-portraits for uni classes and posted those on Instagram as well. And there's one set that I put up, which is, like, the... Um, it's, the, like... I don't know if you're going to put a link to it on Instagram or whatever, but there's a set I did, a uh, set of four photos, and it's a combination of um, two close-up portraits and then two kind of, like... Uh, scene photos like of a room and they've got my legs in them but like cut off at the edge so like it's just legs in the photo and each one's split between two colors using lighting and those did really really well and I kind of look back on that set and absolutely love how it turned out like looking back at it now I'm like I want like I want to do more stuff like that in both the sort of the mood set and also working with color and lighting and all that sort of stuff because a lot of people photography I've done in the past has been black and white because uh, black and white works for people you don't really have to focus too much on what they're wearing colors in the scene because black and white captures more or less captures emotion rather than color sort of thing well, obviously it doesn't capture color but you you get what I mean. You focus more on who's in the photo rather than what's in the photo, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so, rather than focusing on the, the, I guess, the lighting of the colours and the... Uh, and how well they blend together contrast. in a scene and stuff. Yeah, no, that, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, you can focus more on um, the emotion that's being conveyed in it, which is why black and white works really well for... Um, for people and stuff like you can you can shoot any you can shoot black and white or color anywhere you want and there's no rules to it but black and white does work very well uh in portraiture photography i like it's 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 fa it's a fairly obvious fact but yeah black and white for people is always a good way to go yeah but i mean yeah so to answer the question yeah the photos i like the most are the ones that i've done of myself or of others because there are honestly people are people are interesting to look at and that's why people photography works well and i think that's why uh portraiture and stuff that i've done has to probably stand out as my favorite photography that i've ever done honestly there you go something that even i didn't know yeah too yeah it's always always nice to learn something <laughs> there you go you've got yourself yeah. an educational podcast well done well, that's the whole point of the podcast, is to educate everyone on other people that are local and in the area. 
directors to give them spotlight for that. Um, speaking of, we will be plugging your uh, Instagram, so every podcast always gets a link to whether it's a website or Instagram or some other thing that you want to plug. So we'll definitely have that link, but you'll also have a chance to plug anything else uh, that you might want to plug at the end of the podcast too. I can think of some other things to plug uh, other than my Instagram. I absolutely will. I don't think I have to plug your fashion website because it's in the name. I think that's taken care of. That gets plugged too, don't worry. (laughs) Um, I I can't say I'm surprised there, Pat. Oh, wow. Thanks, dude. <laughs> so the next sort of thing that I want to ask is, um, is, there a, is there a stigma about your work that you think a lot of people uh, misinterpret or have thoughts and feelings on that, uh, that you would like to offer your uh, explanation or clear up, you know? Um, I don't think anything I've personally done has had a stigma around. I don't, I don't think I've taken anything that could be considered um, controversial enough to cause. Um, oh, like, it doesn't have like to be. Or anything. It doesn't have to be you personally. I'm talking more in, about the photography industry as a whole. Like, is there a stigma, whether it be a social or in the industry that you're aware of that uh, you know doesn't really get discussed enough uh, or focused on enough? Yeah, um, that's fair enough. Again, not a massive stigma, but like one thing that does kind of rub me the wrong way, and this kind of goes back to like amateur hobbyist level photography, you'll find that there's, and it really applies to film photography especially, and I'll get back to that in a minute as to why that is, gatekeeping in terms of what you take. There is a ton of gatekeep, gatekeeping when it comes to uh, amateur photography and film photography, and a lot of that will be... Um, it, it's usually tied to a couple of things. Uh, like you have to be shooting on the best gear, um, that sort of thing. Like you have to have a good camera, good glass, good lighting, um, all that sort of stuff. And then like the content side of it. Uh, so obviously a lot of a lot of film photography is at a level hobby photography, uh, amateur photography. So if you go on Instagram, look on the hashtags and all that sort of stuff, you'll see a, a lot of repeated trends in terms of what's in a photo. You'll have um, vintage cars, you'll have uh, streets, you'll have graffiti, go onto the people side of things. And if you go into like people photography, uh, almost anywhere really, the ratio of um, women in photos to men in photos is gonna be like 99 to one. And then if you go into um, photography of women, it's gonna be like a ratio of 99 to one of nude, or semi-nude versus normal clothing. It's like, and I'm, and again, this is something I wouldn't say guilty of, but I've definitely taken nude photos. Uh, a lot of photographers will, because um, there's there's a few reasons for it. It's interesting to look at. Um, of course, it's nice to look at. Uh, personally speaking, it's fun to shoot, especially if you work with a partner rather than a random model. I mean, that can still be good, but working with a partner in that sort of photography uh, can be a bonding experience. I know for a fact in my case, it absolutely has been. Uh, my partner, I would like to believe, would agree with that. 
um, the point I'm getting at is you're going to get a lot of people who say, oh, taking photos of this or that, like taking photos of vintage cars is overdone. You can't do that. Taking photos of naked women, oh, that's old. Get out of here. And it's like, well, yeah. And I mean, the point I'm trying to make is there's not going to be a whole lot. Like a lot of people will be told what they can and can't shoot and try and find things that they've been told they can shoot and struggle because it's not what they like to shoot or the big one a lot of photography isn't going to be original. I mean, if you take a photo, that's your photo, that's an original. But the idea behind it might not be original. And at an amateur level especially, a lot of people are going to feel really discouraged if they get told that a photo of like a Pontiac rear bumper is overdone. Um, but so what? They've never shot that before. For them, this is a new photo. Uh, it's something they've never tried before. They like the look of it. They wanted to give it a shot. That's fine Maybe they saw heaps of car photos on Instagram and wanted to try shooting one of their own because it interests them and it's a good in, in, This is a big one. It's a good way to learn you learn by shooting things So it doesn't matter if what you shoot has never been shot before or has a hashtag dedicated to it with 30 million posts No one gives a shit at the end of the day. It, no, no one really does like the people who are making a big stink out of it in terms of what you can and can't shoot and are gatekeeping, they're not the people you want to associate with anyway. And yet they're so frequent in the community. Like, sh shoot what you want. If something interests you, take a photo of it. Who cares if it's been done a million times before? You've taken it, that's your photo. Yes, it probably follows a trend, but there's a reason for that. Trends are there because they work. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to repeat myself. Yeah, gatekeeping shouldn't be in the film community because people are just trying to do what they enjoy. And if you have some asshole come in and say, but that's been done before, you should feel bad, then you're gonna not wanna be in that community anymore and it makes the good people in that community look bad by association. Um, so yeah, I, gatekeeping would be, I think my biggest, like, biggest issue, biggest negative sort of thing. It just, it doesn't need to be there because people are just trying to have fun. Yeah, so and from the sound of it, yeah. it um, sort of stems into, um, on the gatekeeping aspect, it's also sort of like, uh, in a sense, uh, a barrier to entry into photography, like you mentioned before. Oh, absolutely. There's the entries for, uh, you know, if you want to do it on a professional level, there's, you can only do it in architecture or fashion yada 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 that's a little different that's a little different to what i'm talking about here those, those are there because those are industries that have set parameters of what needs to be in them what i'm talking about is people who tell you what you can and can't shoot based on their own premonitions and stuff like if i want to go and shoot flowers i'm gonna go and shoot flowers if i want to take photos of my girlfriend's butt i absolutely will do that <laughs> and and um it doesn't matter if it's if um female nudes have been done a million times before in film photography i'm still gonna go and do it and i'm not gonna let people tell me otherwise yeah and i think that's a pretty reasonable uh you know sort of thing to think on because uh it's not right to uh, place uh unfair uh locks on things you know because like you said there will there is only so many original things that you can take a photo of you know exactly. unless it's something that's just been discovered or just been announced there there is there will never be a photo 
of I guess in a sense the true originality there's a sort of uh, a pseudo originality in terms of the object exists but you can take a image of it and then it's an original image of it yeah yeah there's like original in different sense there's original in terms of that project is unique to the person who took it and original in the sense that this is something that's never really been done before the latter um obviously is harder and harder to because everyone's doing everything nowadays sort of thing but um yeah it's, yeah that's pretty much it really <laughs> That's alright. I think I think the main point was got a, got across there. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So don't worry about what you shoot or if it's been overdone because there's a good chance if you're shooting it, you're learning and and don't let anyone discourage that. Basically. Yeah. Uh, on on that though, um, is there any sort of industry standards that you sort of uh, made note of? sort of aware that you think should be changed or altered in your opinion um that's kind of, kind of the only thing that really comes to mind would be leading back into fashion is um and this isn't something i want to talk too much on because i don't have a lot of knowledge in the area uh but the requirements for models and stuff and basically un how unhealthy um that is i mean obviously in 2020 it's becoming like in the last few years you've seen an increase of um like more companies not using airbrush or photoshop um models being not not even not even of a like, like yeah models of just like models of just being anyone they're kind of like someone who isn't like five foot five 30 kilos skin and bones that's yeah, about nutrition exactly yeah probably on the verge of collapsing on the catwalk sort of shit um yeah that would probably be my only big discretion is that and that again that's mostly because i don't have a lot of knowledge into as to what goes on in the field but like that's something that's obviously it's a it's a public issue uh it's a societal issue and as we've seen it is getting better but there's still a lot of places like like if you go onto a site um let's let's i'm, I'm not going to give any examples we we don't need to have to pay any royalties or anyone um, <laughs> if we don't have to pay him, that would be great. <laughs> oh, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? We could talk about whoever we wanted. Yeah, um, I mean, we could always just pay them in exposure. This podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but seriously, like you, like, you go on a site and they're like, hey, we're using um, models that like represent a normal, healthy body type sort of thing. Like, yay, that's good and all that, but then you go through their products and stuff and even then the ratio is still like four to one sort of thing and i don't mean like in terms of advertising like um like plus size clothing or anything like that i mean like in just in terms of the normal um not not normal. there's nothing unnormal about plus size i don't want that to be an issue because it's absolutely it absolutely is normal i just mean like um you'll still see a ratio of skinny um malnourished models to someone who has a no a, um a healthier body type like it's still very much like it's getting better but it's still a thing and that mm. itself isn't great yeah it's uh unfortunate but um yeah it's it's, it's not so much of a it's not so much of a photography issue uh, but it does definitely have a hand in the photography world just because of well obviously who's shooting and requesting the models 
Yeah, exactly. The photographers and the people that are in the industry requesting the models for the fashion. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's not always. It's not usually the photographers requesting models at a commercial level. Um, there's, there'll be someone else who typically does that, does the casting call sort of thing, or like goes through an agent. It typically to be an agency. Um, but yeah, there's. It does bleed into photography a fair amount. Well, uh, yeah, I guess thanks for that insight. Uh, like you said, it is a very publicized issue to begin with, but the fact that you you are reaffirming that it is still an issue, I think, brings uh, even greater light to it. Uh, and I'm sure that um, the more exposure it gets to it, the better uh, addressed it becomes. And, you know, all I, I, def I definitely hope so. I absolutely hope so. Yeah, and it's good that uh, you brought it up. I think it is something that does sometimes get mentioned and then sort of left in the dust and then it gets picked up, dusted off again and, you know, sort of, sort of almost rinse and repeat. But every time it does uh, get brought up, you know, it sort of gets a bit clearer and clearer and it gets a bit cleaner and cleaner. So I think it's good that it gets constantly brought up. No, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Now, are you ready for the next two questions? I suppose so. Yeah, let's let's hear them. Yeah, these ones, I know I said that there weren't going to be any hard ones, but these are the only two hard ones that I will be asking you. All right. Okay, let's go. Let's see. All right. So, first question is: If you had to choose a number between one and ten, what would it be? Ooh, I mean, seven's the obvious choice, but everyone's going to pick seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it down. I'm gonna say three. Three. Alright. Are you 100% are you sure on that? I'm not, but I'm not changing my mind. Alright. Alright, the next question is, if money was no object, what would you do all day? Buy lots of photography gear, honestly. <laughs> Fully and check out like, all your photography gear. Oh my god! I if money was no object, I would have a studio that is a hundred percent owned by me, and it would be fantastic. I would probably also live above the studio in a really decked out loft, uh, and I'd probably also travel. Yeah, lots of travel, in which to use my cameras and such. So deck yourself out and travel. Yeah, as selfish as it sounds. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's nothing selfish about doing what the makes you happy i think it's a it's a necessity of human life it definitely helps yeah let's be honest yeah well thank you very much for joining us uh, here today Lachlan. as always whether it's uh, on the podcast or not it's always a pleasure talking to you um it's a pleasure it... talking to you too <laughs> thank you and thank you for, and thank you very much for having me yeah uh so no thank you for coming on i always like to help the homies um, and yeah, uh, now this is, <laughs> this is the part where I mentioned where you can plug, uh, whether it's stuff you're working on, uh, whether it's, uh, something you want to, you know, give awareness to, or whether it's just your socials, uh, yeah, let us, let us know what, where you're at, uh, what you're doing and where we can find you. First and main obvious one is, would be my Instagram, snapped by lock, that is S-N-A-P-P-E-D dot by dot lock, it'll be in the description below, so I'm not going to spell it out again. And secondly, I would also like to give uh, a massive shout out to my partner, who you can find on Instagram under Beck Pidge, uh, very incredibly talented artist, like, 
madly talented. Holy shit! Like, I, I, I could, I could, I could gush for ages, honestly. Uh, and through <laughs> her Instagram, you can also find her Etsy, where she has a lot of fantastic stickers. And there's frogs. There are frog stickers. I cannot stress this enough. There are frog stickers. I just got some, and I'm very happy with them. I love them. How how good are they, right? Like I got I got a bunch like the day they rocked up, because obviously I went around to her house and was able to grab some, and they're they're fantastic. They're such good quality. I can't wait to put them around. Yeah, I'm really surprised with the quality, but uh, yeah, there you go, guys. We'll um we'll definitely have his Instagram there for you to check it out. Uh, and if you want to check out the interview with Beck Pidge, I did one earlier with her where she plugs all her stuff there as well alright uh, thank you for joining in listeners uh, next time we will be having a cosplay and fashion model joining in to do an interview with us till next time thanks guys <laughs>